All right, so, whoa. Testing, hello? You hear me? Testing, testing, testing. Yes, right. hello? So we're all tested okay, perfect. out. Perfect. perfect. The, the middle person testing is our next guest on The Eric Lang Show, Phil Rosenthal. Hello. How are you, Phil? I'm, I'm good. I don't want to wear the headphones. He's not wearing headphones. Because that's how I roll, Eric. It's, see, but I'm that's a, where I'm pe- a rebel. I'm, I like that. I I'm, mean... I'm going bareback. I think... <laughs> Jeff, you got to get on this. We, the, this is a very raw... People like the... That's me. Oh. Am I there? <laughs> People, this is looking you, for number two. Phil, the no headphones is a whole new thing for me. I've never had anyone turn down the headphones, although you're the fifth, so <laughs> it's a new thing. Kelly we, Oxford wore the headphones. She wore them. Yeah. Well, part she of it she is good in them too. She looked, she's very beautiful. I and, know. I mean, she would look good in you know. In I a, know. I look like this. <laughs> you know, you and I share a lot, right? We both started uh, behind the camera. Yep. And now we're in front of the camera. You're not. You're on a you're a friggin' podcast. It's a podcast, but I also know that I have a travel <laughs> no, I show. Know, you know, I know so you do the golf show. What? What? Amazing. How does your experience with that? You know. Well, I studied theater. Wait, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, my a... whole life. I oh, I, here it is quickly. Right. Yeah. I watched a lot of TV as a kid. I love the Honeymooners, and I all I wanted to do was be that. And when you're a kid, you don't know there's writing, directing, producing. You don't know any. You just see them, and if you're like me, you fall in love with that, and you want to be that. So all I wanted to be was funny funny so in school the only outlet for that without getting thrown out of class is the school play i never wanted to be a serious actor i just wanted to be funny but there's no like comedian school there's no like right get like snl school right until you graduate college and you study improv a little bit which i did uh tried stand up once terrible how did it why was it terrible i feel like you'd be good at it i thought i would be good at it but i hated the struggle of it. In like, other words, like I did an open mic night once <laughs> and at 19, and that was enough because the people in the front of the bar at the 10 tables there, fine. But I couldn't hear them because right behind them was the bar, and right. they didn't care who was on the stage at open mic night. Yeah. They wouldn't even listen to the musicians. It was just background noise. And or when you hear, when you're used to being on stage and being in the school play, you're used to the audience listening to you. Right. And I couldn't, I could not, I thought I was bombing because of all the talking. How could right. you not think otherwise? Yeah. I couldn't even get their attention. I'm sure even famous comedians feel that way. I guess, but they muscle through and I don't have the muscle. <laughs> so, so you didn't do that anymore. So I didn't do that anymore. And I just struggled as an actor in New York for years until some friends of mine and I wrote something for ourselves to be in. And that became successful. Enough. It became successful enough to, for me to see that, oh, maybe there was another way to stay in show business without the acting, which I couldn't stand because I, I wasn't acting. I was being rejected over and over. This is so in- Did you know this, Jeff? Yeah. This Tony is- and Tina's wedding was oh, that wow. original Wow. How play. do you know that? I do my research. Wow. So <laughs> he doesn't have to. Jeff does a lot. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. We try to be the same person. But and at the same year, a guy, a friend of mine, Alan Kirschenbaum, came to my apartment with a word processor. A blue and gray metal box, which is a fantastic in-between typewriter and computer. In fact, I would argue now it's better for a writer to have a word processor than a computer because your computer is hooked up to the greatest distraction known to man. <laughs> yeah. Do, you don't get a lot of writing done you on get the computer. Done. I'm not me, anyway. You I'm, I'm, like, uh, I'm terrible. So, Even still? Oh, yeah. I'm addicted oh. to the phone. I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst, worse than any kid you know. Interesting. Yeah, terrible. Because I, I, I think I have the attention deficit thing, and, and, and I think the phone is popular because it plugs into that side of all of us. But do you, So do you believe that attention deficit disorder is like a thing that you're born with or a thing that you like learn? Could be both. Right. I, 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 I know the phone exacerbates it. Yeah. It has to. Yeah, it's crazy. Because it's a giant distractor. I just started putting my phone in another room when I'm getting ready for bed because I will not get off it. I don't have that discipline. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll go one step further. This is how bad I am. I'll get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, yeah. right? I'm a little older than you, so that yeah. happens. You have that to look forward to. <laughs> and when I come back to bed, the first thing I do oh. is check my phone, and it could be an hour. At 3 in the morning? Yeah. And what do you get? There's nothing there. Email, Twitter. Right. Every, oh. The world is there. It's crazy. What do you mean there's nothing there? The world is but there. But nothing that can't wait. Oh, tell that to my brain. <laughs> Let's talk. Let's talk to my brain. Yeah, we always need brain. some no, form of stimulus. I don't to know keep what. Going. You know, I, c- I come back to bed. I have a little trouble falling back to sleep. 
And rather than lay there like a prisoner in jail, right. I pick up the phone for entertainment. Right. Well, and think maybe if I read something, it'll put me back to bed. But of course, Never. it's bombarding my brain with light. No. So, and the stories themselves are only more likely waking you up, causing you excitement or anxiety. Yes, like reading about the government. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a great <laughs> one. So I, it's funny for me because for me, I uh, sort of despised those on camera. Not Not really, but I would never be on camera because I'm a documentary filmmaker and I have sort of integrity and I'm, mm. you know, Werner Herzog and stuff yes. like that. And so when someone said, will you be on camera? I was like, look, I'm broke enough to say yes, even though I don't think that's a uh -huh. good idea. So I don't know. For me, it was a weird transition. You had a, a large swath of your career was, you know, then behind the camera. Yeah. What, what was it like getting back in front of it for this? Was it exciting that it, like back it was, in the saddle? It was easy because I, uh, I'm not acting. Right. It's just me. And I'm doing what I love, so it's it's a joy. Is that the definition of hosting, or what is that? It's not it's not hosting. I don't feel like I'm hosting anything. I what feel is like it? I'm living a dream. Right, every single thing in the show is me having a good time. It's that I if if I'm not, it doesn't make the cut. Right? Can, can you give a little background on the show for me? Sure. It all started with an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, I asked Ray where he was going on his hiatus one the, after the first year. He said, I'm going to the Jersey Shore. And, and I said, that's nice. You ever been to Europe? And he said, nah. I said, why not? He said, because I'm not really interested in other cultures. No way. <laughs> yes. As a backup for those who don't know what your position on Everybody Loves Raymond is, you created it based yes. on? Based on mostly his real life with my life and my family thrown in as characters because I didn't know the personalities of his family. So when he said he's not really interested in other cultures, a little bell went off in my head, said, that's an episode. <laughs> we're going to go, we're going to go, if we're on, lucky enough to be on the air a while, CBS will pay for an episode where we go to Italy, right? Right? Where his family's from. And he'll get turned on to traveling. He'll go over there as him with that attitude that he's not interested and come back as me, someone very excited about travel, and especially Italy and the food in Italy. Right. Well, three years later, we do it. And with the character that I wrote, you know, he gets woke. <laughs> <laughs> and right. what I saw happen to the character happened to the person. Like Ray got it. Whoa. Like he wanted to have pizza every night and gelato every night. And then when he was done with gelato, he noticed another pizza place all in the same night. And he went, we didn't have that one. I'm just like, there's always tomorrow. No, let's have it now. Okay. So he, and he was got, like, he got, he got it. You got it. Look how old everything is. Wow. Yes, Ray. <laughs> it's called Europe. <laughs> so I got high from that. I got like a, like there's nothing, you know, even with golf, there's nothing better than turning people on yeah. to something you love. Yeah. That's just human nature, I think. Yeah. And so this was in the back of my head since that show, which was filmed in the year 2000. Whoa. 18 years ago. Okay. Since then, I want to do this show. Now, what? Raymond went to another five years. After that, I tried to do sitcom and other sitcom and other shows. I made a movie where I went to Russia to help the that Russians. Was my, that was the first thing I saw you did. That's it. It was incredible. So that was a kind of transition to being in front of the camera. Let me explain. So this yeah. was a documentary that you decided to make after yes. some Russians decided they wanted to remake Everybody Loves Raymond. They wanted to make Everybody Loves Kostya. <laughs> This is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. I tell everybody to see it oh, all the time. Thanks. It's on Netflix it's, now. Did it's you called know? Exporting Raymond. Yeah. And it's on Netflix. Right now. And it's it's so unbelievable. Thank you. And I watched it on my way to Moscow. And what? Remember you I I believe maybe Were we I'm, on the same flight? Well, that's where we met the first time. Yes. I wanted to tell this story. Yeah. You and I met on a plane. Yeah. And I, I mean, was this one of the best flights of your life? It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Yeah. There were eight seats in our little cabin. Right. One and of them was Ted Sarandos. Well, he was sitting in my seat when I got on the plane. <laughs> Hilarious. I didn't know who he was. Yeah. And I was like, here's my thing is that. And we didn't have a deal yet. We didn't know. Yeah. You guys right? didn't have anything. I just barely had met him. Yeah. And I'm, I'm scraping away on my golf documentary. Right. And when I find out that who, because I didn't know who he was and he was just in my chair and I was yeah. like, get out of my chair, you jerk. And then, <laughs> you know, and then we got along and, and Whitney was on our flight. And Cummings, uh, yeah. there was. Uh, and we and, all ate yeah, together. And you, and your friend was on the flight. You guys were going yeah. to, uh, where were you going? Somewhere in Italy. Anyway, it was the first time I ever had caviar, and you walked me through the process like a like a professional. 
Did you like it? I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Are you a now he's on a thousand dollar a day habit. I can, yeah, exactly. I <laughs> That's where my paycheck goes. Uh, yeah. So you know. Anyway, backing up, we yeah. tangent. You or continue on. So I do the I do the documentary. Yeah. And people saw that. And that's your idea. The documentary was actually the head of Sony's idea. So you, you're, you're knee-deep in this process of actually, no, actually going back No, actually, it was my forth. idea, but it, it, here's how it happened. Very quickly. He asked me if I wanted to go to Russia and see how Sony works with the Russians making sitcoms. They invented the sitcom in Russia. Whoa. Never existed. What? They Even had in America? sketch shows. They had sketch shows in Russia, and they had soap operas. They did not have sitcoms. Whoa. The Nanny was the first sitcom ever done in Russia, an adaptation of the American Fran Drescher Nanny, where they <laughs> took the scripts, translated them to Russian, hired Russian actors, did the show, big hit. Big hit. Okay? So then now it's a business, taking American scripts and turning them into Russian sitcoms. Some have very little adaptation, some need more adaptation. But he said, you got to see the people over there. you got to see how we work with them. You know, the head of comedy, his only previous experience is working in laser beams. And, what, and I what? said, yeah, that's what I said. What? And they, I said, why? He said, new technology. <laughs> Sitcom. So you're going over there merely as a curious traveler. He t- I say to him when he says, you, do you want to go over there and observe how we work with them and then come back and write a comedy, write a feature film, a oh. fake, a, 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 a fictional comedy about a showrunner who goes to Russia to have a show translated. I said, wait a minute. It's brilliant. If, if, if this really exists, why not make a documentary about what would really happen? He goes, I love that. Would you be the guy? And I said, yeah, I want to make the documentary. Amazing. He goes, make the documentary. Be in the documentary. Do Raymond over there. So I did it like an idiot. And so you like an idiot. Yeah. So this is your first time back on camera. Yep, first time ever. I yeah. think on camera. And I mean, for- so is it your? This is you. Do, this my experience is when I make adventures in golf uh-huh. is. Some things are real and some things are not as real, but they need to be done in a way that feels real for the audience. For example, you know, we'll do an interview and I'll need to ask questions a second time or we'll go yes. through a place and I'll be like, oh, look at that. Yes. Even though I've already seen it. Is that, did that happen for you at all in Exporting Raymond? I'm trying to not do that ever. I'm yeah. trying to make it I mean, me real too. all the time. And yeah. the way I did it was if I'm the director of Exporting Raymond, here was my brilliant direction. You ready? Okay. Because I have to be in it, too. Let's get two cameras. Yes. Most documentaries use one. So if we have two, and the whole movie is about how they're going to react to me and how I'm reacting to them, if we have two cameras, we've covered it. Yeah. I don't have to think about directing a movie. The coverage in the film is really brilliant. You you can intercut scenes really well. Exactly right. Without faking anything. Yeah, good for you. Because I don't want to fake it. The moment you smell fake, you're out. Yeah, I fake everything. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) It's a shorter show, though. (laughs) So, so that's so that's the, was the secret, right? And I carried that over to this show as well. So you come back and come then, back and you know years go by. Yeah, and I've never forgotten this dream of doing the food and travel show, and I tried it in different iterations, little tests here and there that just happened to pop up. Very small company. I went with a buddy, just eating around L.A. Nobody interested. A uh, famous hmm. chef says, do you want to go to Italy with me and be my sidekick and we'll, we'll, we'll explore Italy together? Of course, I would love nothing more than that. We did a little test. Nobody wanted Sh- Shooting these like sort of sizzle pilots. A little bit with different, with different sponsors and different yeah. people. But it's just not working. Not working. Then Why? American Express, uh, I hadn't hit the formula right yet. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, American Express comes to me. We like the idea of you. We saw your exporting Raymond. We like the idea of you going places. I said, so does my wife. (laughs) (laughs) They said, you want to get a famous chef, again, with a famous chef, and do a week in London, and then we'll, we'll see what happens. So I go, and I do it, and it's terrible. It's, it's, (laughs) it's uh, a week of 27 high-end white tablecloth restaurants in seven days. That's hell no. when you think about it. It's not good. It's, it's great once or twice or three times at the most. Yeah. But on your fifth meal in a fancy restaurant that lasts three, four hours, you want to die. Yeah, it's all the same. I did 27. And it was all about the big famous chef because he was big and famous. Money. Yes. So that never went anywhere because it wasn't good. They did, a, they did a couple of evenings of American Express card member events where the big chef had a dinner, and, and uh, uh, I co-hosted the dinner. It was nothing. Yeah. 
But what I did get was I edited a couple of scenes together that served as templates, things that I liked. And we started taking that around town, and PBS liked it. And uh, they asked me if I had another idea, and I said, yeah, how about I go around the world, and I try to get you to travel by showing you the best places in the world to eat. And they said, where do you want to go? And we were off, six episodes. Amazing. Yeah, we won the James Beard Award for Best Food and Travel Show, our first six shows. Then, I don't know why, PBS didn't pick up the show. Mm. You'd have to talk to them. I'll, yeah, we'll call them. But Netflix saw it, and they wanted it. So a year or two later, after all the legal mishigas is taken care of, <laughs> I'm on Netflix, and the show is now called a Netflix original, which means it has a new title, Somebody Feed Phil. It has a theme song by Lake Street Dive, which I love. This is the big difference between this and PBS. <laughs> theme song, and it's shot in 4K, ultra oh, high definition. So beautiful. So, you know, going back to the formula that's you everything. mentioned. That's everything. That's it. Yeah. We're done? We're done. This is like, it's only been like eight minutes. So <laughs> the, what, when you talk about the formula, you know, yeah. maybe like, I, I'm curious to know when you talk about Raymond, like, yeah. w- what, you must have discovered a formula there as well. Like, yeah. Raymond lies and then gets found out that he lies. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's like the honeymooners. Ralph right. has a get rich quick scheme. It doesn't work. Right. <laughs> that's a, you know, every show finds its like sweet spot. Right. Now, obviously, I'm simplifying. That's not what every show was about. But there are a lot of shows where he gets caught lying. Right. right. Because he, all he wants, you know, you always have to have your main character has to want something. Yeah. We have a very odd uh, want with Raymond. He wants to be left alone. <laughs> that's not a very proactive choice. And yet, it was relatable. To many of us. Right. And seemed to work because everyone else was so great as well. And he was brilliant at playing Leave Me Alone. Right. Right? He is really good at that. Really good. Well, um, do, you, so you, do you travel anymore for fun or is it yeah. mostly just for work? No, I actually love it. Where do you now, mean? after I do a full season of thing of, of the show, maybe, yes, I'd like to be home a little bit as well. Yeah. But uh, as soon as I can, a couple of weeks later, I'm like, where do you want to go? Right. And where do you typically go? I mean, it's different every time. I love Italy the most. The I'm most. afraid to t- say, but I do have a favorite. So far in my life, Italy wins. Amazing. I haven't been everywhere, but I've been a bunch of places. And I don't know, you ever have a, an affinity for a place that you just sure. feels like a second home? Yeah. Like the, um, you're most comfortable or most knocked out by it or so in love with just walking down the street there? Pretty great. Do you think you'd ever settle there or anything like that? It could, it could it could happen. I feel Let's like see I how bad see things get here. How bad they get. <laughs> do you have like a? Do you have I like do any? I love L.A. I really do. And LA's I'm a good. Die-hard New Yorker. Yeah, I was like a Woody Allen New Yorker. Did you have the thing where you were like uh, sort of uh, a self-hating hated Angelino? Hated it at first. For how when long? I first came years. years. I couldn't stand it. I really couldn't stand it. I thought it was shallow, vacuous. It was too, it was bright and smoggy yeah, yeah, at the yeah. same time. Yeah. This is, you know, 30 years ago now. Yeah, it was worse then. It was much worse. Yeah. There was nowhere good to eat. No. And then slowly but surely, oh, that restaurant's good. Oh, mm. I get it. Oh, the car means freedom. Oh, mm. the weather is kind of nice every day. Mm. Oh, I'm getting paid to work at a job I like. Yeah. That changes your the life. People seem happy. Right? Oh, I'm, I can afford a house. Oh, I can get married. Oh, I can have children. Right. Things happen, and soon you fall in love with the place. Yeah. And look, the restaurant scene. Look at it. It's I would really now well. say LA's the best restaurant town in America. Really? Yes. Even more than New York. Because at the moment. Just, is it just the new restaurants, or is it like they're getting more experimental, or what is that? Diversity. Ah. We have everything. The biggest populations of people outside their native homelands in the world are in Los Angeles. Is that true? Yeah. Japanese, uh, Korean, Chinese, the, the, the San Gabriel Valley, the largest population of Chinese people in the world outside of China. That's, that's true. That's incredible. That's not a Chinatown. That's like a China county. <laughs> yeah, yeah. China right? state. You can visit <laughs> the different provinces of China by just going to the different no neighborhoods. No way. Really? That's true. They all exist. I think... Almost all of them. They're, I mean, Sichuan food, like you can't believe. The, these are the best Chinese restaurants in America. How far will you go to, for, for dinner on like, an, on like a Wednesday night? Well, you know, there are great restaurants downtown, but going east at night is hell. It's hell. Unless you want to eat late. And I'm old, so I don't. Yeah. <laughs> dinner at 4.30. I like, I like eating around the neighborhood. <laughs> right. I do. Right. Better to go west. If what do you like around here? You go to Angelini? 
Sure, I it's love amazing. I love that place. And the little place that opened right next door is so sweet and great for breakfast. People should go. I'll go check it it's out. It's great. Do or you, lunch. What about Japanese? What do you go for Japanese? Oh, we have the best sushi in, in America. Yeah. You see Japanese businessmen getting off the plane and coming directly with their suitcases <laughs> to these sushi bars because the sushi is as good as Tokyo, yeah. but probably half the price of Tokyo. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm going to Tokyo. Oh, you got to see Let's it. talk Tokyo okay, for a you second. Gotta, you got to watch the episode. Tokyo from I'll Have What Phil's Having, which is yeah. also still on Netflix. Right. Oh, yeah, they brought the old they episodes over. They brought the over. old episodes over. Great. So by old, I mean last year. <laughs> <laughs> Different yeah. title. Yes. Um, but, but watch that show. Go to pbs.org, and you have a list of all the restaurants I went to. Oh, that's great. They yes, put that up there. They did. And so we're you can literally a, relive your trip. When are you airing this? Could I basically syndicate your show? Why not? I think we'll do it right before I leave, uh, March 19th. air? Yeah. So, so by then... My website will be up. Ah, perfect. What's My website, website is going to be called philrosenthalworld.com. Okay. And it'll be everything that I'm involved with, but especially a program guide with everywhere I've eaten. Well, that's amazing. And all the places you can eat and visit and even hotels. And, you know, I think it's good to have this practical information that I benefited from. Right. Right? It's not just my research. Yeah, where did it's you research get all your from info? from the best people who do this for a living. You know, the, I, I work with the production company 0.0. Which was John Belushi's grade point average in the movie Animal House, <laughs> and uh, they are brilliant. They do the Bourdain show, so they have eighteen years' experience right. of doing of doing uh, travel shows, food shows. Yeah, they have boots on the ground. They tell you where the new hot spots are. Is that a large part of how you kind of come to make these things happen? That's at least fifty percent. Wow. And another percentage is me just going on my phone. And seeing, like, best restaurants in Lisbon. And you never just trust one source. You cross-reference. How but do you cross-reference? Between actual humans or, like, Google yeah, plus everything, others? Everything. Wow. So the other real humans, that's the best. Right. And then you start to see, oh, The Guardian in London has a review right. about this place. Right. Oh, the, the, the Yelp over there has a because, review. Because There's for something... you, it's, you're not trying to completely discover something. You're trying to experience something. Is that true? I love discovering stuff. We leave room in the schedule for serendipity ah, where we'll be in the city and let's say we're not filming that night. Still got to eat, got to right. have dinner <laughs> and we'll find a place. Yeah. Maybe maybe someone that we shot with says, this place has amazing fried chicken. Right. Ooh, let's go tonight. Okay, we go. Guess what? We're filming there tomorrow. Right. And I'll bring perfect. someone else over. And so how often do you find, how often do you schedule to shoot somewhere that you end up not using? Oh, there's... You know, we shoot a lot. We shoot really? for 10 days, and we can only use an hour. So there's a lot that doesn't get seen. But also on that website, we might be showing you some deleted scenes that were perfectly great places. We just didn't have the room. Right. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. And so for 10 days, how many people are you traveling with? Mm. 16 people. 16, okay. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. How yeah, many but, is in your Adventures in Golf group? Uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> one camera, one sound? Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then I carry the bags. <laughs> See, if you, had, if you had another camera, yeah. right, how big is your camera? We use A7Ss, so they're about as big as a cup of coffee. It's pretty remarkable how small they are. You can't have one more? I mean, sometimes we do them for the interviews. We'll yeah. do a wide and two tights. Right. But a lot of times, you know, I mean, I do a short show. It's like 12 minutes. Ah. And we have three days. Got it. So yeah, you get it. Yeah, you know, you don't need it. I don't think so. I mean, yeah. we've we've done all different versions of it. We've done three cameras. Now we're going back to two. Oh, and um, yeah. I mean, it's a whole interesting thing. I mean, are you are you do you also produce your show or how does yes. that work? Do you? What, what it's part my do, show. Do you I enjoy get to that? Love it. I love the producing. Here's of the it. thing. I love every aspect of show business. When you ask me how what's it like to be in front of the camera, right? It's fine because I love all of it. I love. Producing, directing, writing, editing, performing. Every I love every aspect of show business except the business. It sucks. The money. The contracts. In show business, the business gets in the way of the show. Right. Right? That's yeah. what prevents you from doing the show is the business in show business. 
It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. The, all it is is roadblocks, and you can't do this, and you should change that, and we're going to make you wait for two years before we say yes to you. What? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. I heard someone describe it as um, Hollywood is like a bunny factory, and the conveyor belt is just filled with knives and sledgehammers and lighters, and every once in a while a bunny makes it out without unscathed, and that's a good film or a good show. That's genius. Yeah. Simon, uh, Simon uh, said that from um, – uh, what's that? Simon Cal? No, no, not Simon Cal. <laughs> he could. Simon yeah. Thomas. Simon Thomas from. But that, uh, that's right. I like that. I don't know why they chose bunnies as the metaphor, but that's. Yeah, stuffed animals, not actual bunnies. Oh. <laughs> stuffed bunnies. It's a little better with real it's bunnies. Little, you like it, it better with me? <laughs> it's a little, dark it's sense got of a humor. little more dark. Yeah. Um, you don't play golf. I find that, uh, Eric, that life is frustrating enough. <laughs> <laughs> no golf for you. You tried never, it. Never. Mini golf. Mini golf. I've done. I've gone. I've even gone to the driving range. See, but I feel like you owe it to Raymond. I mean, you I got don't. him to travel. He, I don't. he, he should owes get, me. He still owes you? <laughs> I think so, yes. Were you involved in casting him? I mean, were you guys were friends before? Or, no. I mean, this is a known We met story. over lunch. He was looking for, uh, you know, him and his people were looking for a writer to create a show for him. Mm. I was looking for actors or comedians to create a show for. That's how it works. Mm. And you meet over. Uh, uh, lunch or breakfast or dinner or meeting and or, and and you talk and I don't know we we're both from Queens uh, we had similar backgrounds of you know crazy parents and his was Italian mine was Jewish it's not a big difference yeah. all problems are solved with food and the mother never <laughs> leaves you alone <laughs> and and so I don't know I don't even think I was his first choice and you become co-creators at that point you write it together how does that I work? actually wrote it myself huh. uh, after talking to him for a long time. I went off and wrote the pilot. Amazing. And I filled in what I didn't know about his family with the personalities of my family. Was it very easy at that point? No. It's everything's not. hard. Everything's hard. Every moment. And here's the thing. People say, did you know it would be this? But I didn't know if one person at CBS would like my little script hmm. and let us make a pilot. I, that's how far ahead you're thinking. Yeah. And then everything that happens after that is a goddamn miracle. It really is. It's like they say, oh, it's like you won the jackpot. No, it's like I won the jackpot over and over and over again. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was interesting to hear Jordan Peele, yeah. know, who won uh, you yeah, know, yeah. Best Original. Genius. 20 times he almost threw it away of because course. he thought no one was going to like it. I mean, yes. can you dial that into your own like inspirational message to those out there that want to create that are just stuck? There is no easy way. If it comes easy to you, you should just thank God that something you did right in your life is now paying off. But there is, it's always going to be a struggle. Always. You have to trust your thing or not. The people who persevere the most usually, you know, I'm not the first person to say it took 10 years to get this show going. Yeah. Right? Overnight success takes 10 years. Yeah, yeah, there. It happens. Yeah. Look how long movies take. Oof. I can't even. I, I've written a couple of screenplays. I hate it. <laughs> the, the writing of it or the process Every of, part of getting it produced? I hate writing it because it's too long and you have to think a lot. Right. And it's in your mind and you're obsessing and it's just how do you keep it all together? A long movie, right? I could barely keep a sitcom script together in my head. Right. <laughs> so, so that's like, God bless everybody who can do that. But then the notes and they change everything. And before you know it, you have shit, and you didn't. Even, you, you, it's not even what you wanted to do. Right. So you got to hold that vision, right? Have a strong vision. It has to be undeniable. What do you That's mean? That's the only thing that gets through for you. It has to be undeniable. As as it almost has to be a fact that this is good. That no one, that people may not want it for different reasons, but you have to make something that no one could say isn't good. Hmm. Isn't and by good I mean. Does it achieve what it sets out to achieve? And is that thing even worth achieving? But isn't there something about like, uh, you know, when you make something that's controversial that like polarizes people? I mean, what yeah. do you make of that? Uh, you know, like some, someone says, if you're not making something that somebody hates, you haven't made something. I mean, I don't know if I believe it, but just I'm questioning you. Well, those things still have to pass the good test to me. Right. Oh, for if so, it's, yeah. In other words, controversial for controversial sake has no value to me. Right. And everything, obviously, is what I'm saying is subjective, yeah. right? It's my opinion. But there are things in life where you go, okay, that may not be my cup of tea, but 
you can't tell me, like, let's say, Breaking Bad. You're never going to tell me that that's not good, huh. right? That that premise of the science teacher who's diagnosed with cancer and decides to leave something for his family by going into drug dealing, that that's not a good premise. Yeah, everyone would agree. That's good. Yeah. And then the execution of it was way beyond good. Yeah. Right? To become, I think, best drama series ever. Really? That's what I think. Wow. Yeah. I need to watch that because I've never seen it. Oh, you, uh, I envy <laughs> you. You're missing out I have on a, a lot, Eric. No, I, I have envy a hard, you. I have a hard time with shows. Why? Because it's like a big thing. Like, it's like, Commitment. it's like, it, yeah, it'd be like visiting Iceland and then being like, you're going to stay here for two years. Like, I just want to, like, like, that's why I like shows that have one season. Because it's like, I can, I can watch the season and get done and then I'm moving on. Have you but seen The a, Sopranos? Commitment. No, I can't do it. Wow. Sopranos so you've never been six hooked on under. a show? No. I've, yeah, no. Have you seen my show with the little traveling? Yeah, I've definitely seen that. Yeah, no, I saw that He's before. Lying, isn't he? No, well, I've seen it at least. <laughs> I was almost on that. I was you were you were That's shooting right. while we were on the plane. I'm, I'm leaning back with the mic. Are He's you still back. good? Oh, you're perfect. Wow, yeah. I'm like a rock star now. <laughs> this is good. You're getting comfortable, Jeff. You got anything? Uh, Jeff's got a serious question. Well, I was curious. Brewing. You both love to travel, so yeah. For the two of you, you arrive to a brand new city you've never been to before. What is the first thing that you do instinctually? I love that question. It's a good what one. do you do, Eric? I usually try to beat the jet lag and walk around as much as possible. That's what I do. And I'm not even thinking jet lag. I just can't wait to get out there and see what's there. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. We should do a show together. Like, like just explore <laughs> explore the neighborhood. Yeah. Wow, there might be something great to eat right next door. Yeah. There might be some attraction you don't know. Yeah. Right? You, there may be a park that's great for running in the morning when I go, right? Yeah, something you weren't planning on. Yeah. Yeah, I think, what is it that you really love? About, I mean, because there, there's got to be one thing that goes beyond like... Uh, you know, parks and food and anything yeah. like that that you love about travel. There's the got to be one, the it's people. A, the, the show is about meeting the people. The food and the humor is just a way to get you in. Because I know if you're like me, the food is the main attraction, right? You, you, we, we plan our vacations even around it. But the first thing I do is, how's the food over there in Lisbon? Yeah. Right? I want to know. Is it's not it, that good in Lisbon. It's phenomenal. Really? Phenomenal. I couldn't get down with the Portuguese food. I don't like Spanish food either. All right, we're done. We're done. <laughs> that's a wrap. And he's never seen Breaking Bad. So yeah, I mean, he's just, geez. And what do he I, thinks I'm lying like about Eric? watching the show. What do you like about Eric? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Jeff's not yet. He's a, are, you, are you a co-host? What are you? Uh, he I'm seems like a sort co-host. Sort of an omniscient presence. He's, just, yeah, know, he's, I pop in and out. I title him as producer. <laughs> yeah. And for a while, he didn't have a mic. <laughs> and, and the people said, get Jeff a mic. There's actually a hashtag. Get, get Jeff a mic. Get Jeff a mic. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm glad he has a mic. Me too. So he seems more interesting than you. He, <laughs> he's more interested. I, no, I'm interested. Um, no, you you don't you don't. What's not to like about fresh seafood and pastries and th- what don't you like uh, about? Well, I don't like gluten. I actually made you some paleo cookies. Do you want to try it? Yeah, they're not. Let's try it. Where'd they go? Look, what is it made with meat? <laughs> Just take a nibble. They're right. they're what is it? They're made with coconut flour. Okay. And coconut sugar. They're they're not my best. I'm kind of working on the recipe. Real honest opinion, please. It's very wet. <laughs> it's really coconutty. It's too coconutty. <laughs> you don't have to eat it all. It's sweet. It's sweet. So paleo is no gluten. Yeah. I think I need to go back What's to almond flour. What's holding it together? I don't know. <laughs> Your mouth, basically. <laughs> well... No, everyone would like that because it's coconut and chocolate. Yeah. I mean, it's just great. There's no gluten. It's like a mounds bar. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to work on it. I'll get back to you. I think it's great. I'm going to pause the opening of the bakery. You're going to have a bakery? <laughs> I would like to. <laughs> By the way, be... what's wrong with that? That's fine. You, you like thought that? it wasn't good? Jeff, he likes that. I feel like we did pretty good. Yeah. Do so, you like it? I do. He's made another batch, which I thought was one step up. I've, Why? What was better? I'm on multiple. Well, we don't know yet. We're trying to backwards engineer it because a neighbor gave me the batter for the first batch I ever made. Uh, they were incredible. But that, now, so, so the wetness is because there's no dry flour in it, yeah. right? There's maybe, no... Maybe I need to mix in almond flour. Is there eggs in it? There's an egg. Wow. Yeah, it's very bizarre. There's coconut... Uh, what is it? Coconut? Coconut flour? No. Coconut uh, oil, uh, coconut oil, virgin coconut oil. That's the only kind I use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like the beach. Uh, it's good. It's good. 
Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate that. You did that. well. Thank I you. I feel very validated. I was expecting a scathing review. No, no. I'm just praying you don't ask me to play golf. Going back. <laughs> I can't believe you never play golf with Raymond because he loves it. He would give up acting to be a pro golfer. A lot All of people he say wants this. is to be in the pro-am and make that cut. Have you heard? They made a movie about him. Yeah. Him and Kevin James. Yeah. You saw it. Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Um, How have I not seen that? It's kind of fun. Because they're both idiots and they're trying to make the cut. Sam Jackson, (laughs) in his writer, had to be, uh, they had to buy him a membership at the nearest country club for every film. And that's that's hundreds of thousands of dollars? Yeah, it's probably about, well, temporary. Also, you know, I think you get a deal if you're... Celebrity. Celebrity, yeah. But it's it's incredible the amount of um, people who get addicted to it. But I want to go back. So the you know, president seems addicted, doesn't ooh. he? <laughs> Sorry, the who? Um, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the thing I thought was interesting was how the show that you make is not about food, and I really always say the show that I make is not about golf. It's right. about it's about us, you know. The people who play golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that mine's about the people who, you know, are centered around food and stuff, and 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 love it, and and. But there's so many great, there's so many great uh, people that you meet outside of even the restaurants. Just people who love their town, and I try to meet them as well, experts in different fields. Have you ever eaten anything like testicles or anything like that? Uh, not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someone slipped one in somewhere that I didn't know. But if, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not like the adventurer no. guy. I'm not Bourdain or Andrew Zimmern. I'm the opposite. Yeah. In fact, the way I sold this show was with one line. I said, I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain if he was afraid of everything. That's pretty good. That's it. Yeah. And it, uh, you know, I fill that niche. Right. But I think it's a big niche because I think most people are, are more like me sitting on the couch looking at Bourdain going, he's amazing. I'm it's, never doing that. I'm never doing it. Nope. Have you, have you interfaced with Anthony at all? Met him once years ago and he was really nice. Yeah. Uh, it's very intense. He didn't, he, he was like, I, I love that he was kind of sweet and not cool like the persona in the show. Hmm. Now maybe he's morphed into that more. I don't know. I saw but, him recently, yeah. and he was like that. He was like what? He was he was chain smoking, wearing Ray Bans, standing outside of a chopper, and I was like, "Well, that's pretty cool." Wait a minute. <laughs> that's like, a, see, that's exactly like me, except the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> You're sort of hyperventilating outside of uh, yeah. Uber. Do you need to go? No, it just there were so many, um, so many uh, buzzings just now. I don't, I didn't like it. All the buzzings. The buzzings. Where do you where do you get your news? Where do I get my news? Well, we all have the phone and you get the alerts, right? No, but I mean, do you use an app or what do you, do you read the week? Are you BuzzFeed, New York Times, LA Times? Um, mostly on the phone. I read on the phone. Yeah. I'll, oh, I'll oh see like an, you swipe I, over to the news I app. see an alert and then ah. I go for it. And then and then in the morning I get the New York Times delivered on my phone. Right. And I read the New York Times and I, I read whatever's relevant and I watch M- MSNBC and CNN like everybody. And then uh, what do you do for fun other than... Eat and write and travel. I don't do writing for fun. Writing is horrible. <laughs> right? Listen, my whole adolescence was spent avoiding homework. So it's kind of ironic that my job now is homework. Yeah, it's true. You're right? literally, I mean, but, you know, it, it must uh, propel you forward with success. Not necessarily. I haven't sat down to write a script in a while. What about the show? You don't, you don't come up with a treatment or anything like that? There are treatments, yes. And you could call it writing. And then afterwards, you know, I have, uh, there's a guy, Henry, who does some research, and he'll write some historical facts about the place for me. I'll put them into my words, and then I'll, as I'm watching the footage, I'm saying, I need a little bit of uh, explanation here. Maybe he'll dummy in something, and then I'll, I'll just write it in, in my voice, and sometimes I'll think of stuff. Hmm. And it, everything, when I talk to camera in the show, I'm writing that, it just happens to be writing on the spot. You, but there must be times where you're talking to the camera and you're like, wait, no, let me say that again. Like, cause for me that happens. Like I'll be wanting to make a point and then I flub it or then I come up with a better way of saying it. So it yes. seems like a documentary, but yes. really I, I know what I want to say. Right. There, oh, there's always going to be a flub. And if I do flub, I'll just start over. Right. But it doesn't, I don't know. For some reason that doesn't seem when I'm talking to camera, that's more like set. Right. But I'll never go back. When if you and I were doing a scene where we're eating and, you know, 
it's very rare that they'll say, oh, we missed what you just said. Could you repeat that? I hate doing that. Yeah, that's very I'll hard to do. I'll do it once in a while, but I don't like doing it. And by the way, nine times out of 10, I see that it looks fake in the show and I cut it. <laughs> right. What's your, aside from obviously, I'm sure, experiencing the food and the people is your favorite part. But aside from that, uh, production-wise, what do you like? Planning, the, the traveling, the logistics with the other people, the post or you know test screenings. What, what do you really get the most out of? The joy of being there and doing it. Yeah. That's everything. That's, I'm getting paid to be on vacation, really. <laughs> now, I live better than a rock star. Right. You know about rock stars. You know that when oh, you yeah. go, your, your, your journey is the plane, the car, the hotel, the venue, the car, the plane, the hotel, yeah. the venue. That's it. Insane fans. That's it. Yeah. That's not, that's not seeing a place. Mm-mm. I'm there to see the place. Yeah. So my venue is the city, and I'm there for 10 days. You're doing one-nighters if you're a rock star, right? Yeah. Two-nighters, maybe. Yeah, well, when Steve and I would travel, I would try to say, let's spend in a couple extra days. And we did that and yeah. multiple times. And That's everything, It was right? interesting because we we had a lot of fun, but yeah. there, w- there was a level of stress for her that I wasn't uh, privy to because I didn't have to perform in three days. Ah. So in a way, it seems and like for never rock got, stars— you never got used to it? Uh, for her or for me? For her. Uh, she didn't really like touring, you know? And I think right. I think most musicians don't, uh, at least after they've done it once or twice, you know? But but the 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 thing that you did of having the, the cushion days. Yeah. I think that helped. Help. I think that helped a lot because, you know, it was it was it was time to really soak in what's happening. Um, but, you know, I think at some point you really just sort of. You just want to get home, you know? Of course. Yeah, if you're on the road too long. Which is yeah. tough, you know, because yeah. luckily, you know, I was given the choice uh, this year, producing season three of Adventures in Golf, like, yeah. should I do it all in one trip right, or multiple trips? And for a few reasons, unfortunately, it's more expensive to do multiple trips, Yeah, but uh, I just thought it would actually be better, the final product, you know? Uh, how many will you do at once? Two at a time. You do two at a time? Uh-huh. I'm getting a phone call, apparently. Oh, that's your buzzing. I'm sorry. I thought <laughs> I turned right. it off. I don't know. It's some 858. That's all right. If you want to take it, you could take it. We'll all listen. <laughs> I'm sure it's just someone like, what, do you get, like, what's up with the, the phone calls? The the, the telemarketers. Are you, are, do they have your Jerry number? Jerry Seinfeld now? Yeah. <laughs> what's up with the phone call? <laughs> I mean, Jerry Seinfeld or friends? You're Jerry Seinfeld, right? <laughs> Gotta be. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's more my age. Yeah, there's a big difference. Jerry Seinfeld or friends, Jeff? Uh, I think I'm a little more Seinfeld. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more hands off your marble rye. <laughs> uh, well, I was curious, Eric. Um, By the way, why wasn't why wasn't Raymond a choice in there? Oh yeah, Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone compares Seinfeld and friends. He's terrible at this. Just... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was curious, Eric. You told me recently you had met with somebody who had never left the country. And I was sort of curious for both of you to talk about what are, what is the importance of traveling, of leaving your hometown or leaving where you're from to see the rest of the world. I just don't let, see how I'm you can live. I'm going to let you redeem yourself on this I, question. I, I don't see how you can actually live. I think you're better off never going to college, never going to any school, but traveling than you are. English is irrelevant if you don't know what other countries are doing, don't you think? All right. Now I think you're brilliant. Because yeah. that's exactly right. There's no more mind-expanding thing we can do on this planet than travel. And my whole thesis is that the world might be a little better if we all could experience a tiny bit of someone else's experience, Hmm. right? We wouldn't be in the, I want to say shithole we are right now, (laughs) then if we we all just opened our mind a tiny bit to other people and what other people experience. Empathy, right? Also, good ideas come from other places. Yeah. Guess what? That's a newsflash for people. I mean, no, Mary- I know. I sit here and I know everything. And I watch a TV program that tells me I know everything. And my worst uh, fears are confirmed nightly. And I'm never going to grow as a human being because I don't have to. That's called an idiot. Right. You get smarter if you travel a little bit. And I'm not saying everybody has to travel and spend their money, you know, going overseas, you know, especially those of us who don't have enough to go overseas yet. But you can travel in your own town. There are ethnic restaurants down the street that you're afraid of. You go by. What do I know about Peruvian food? I'm not going in there. So look on your phone. See what the menu is at the place. That's all. It's a big deal. Look, 
Hey, chicken and rice. I like that. Yes, you like that. Go in there and taste it. You know what the worst thing that's going to happen is? I don't like it. Okay, don't eat it again. But the tasting is its own reward. Right. I find that so hard to do, though, to actually be a tourist in my own town. Do you find that? Do you, do you, do you I have love a... nothing more. How I do you do it? almost every day or night to try a place. Now, yes, I have favorites I go back to, but there's nothing I love more than discovering something great. But you're never going to discover it if you don't try it. Right. I mean, I think I, I don't think we can finish on a better note than that, do you, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, that's great. And, yeah. Uh... Those of you at home, you now have a directive. <laughs> you have to go try something new in order sure. to listen. Uh, do you think that for a person who's never played golf, that trying it once hooks you, or you have to really commit to spending a lot of time learning it like skiing or something, you know, where you have to have real lessons and really commit to it? Or do you, is this a high that you get immediate? For me, yeah. it was immediate. Really? I just hit picking one up shot. the club and doing it? Yeah, I hit one shot, and I was just I, I was willing to tackle the stereotypical resistance I had yeah. after that one shot. What happened? Like one shot, like you swung, and it, the, you saw the ball go way further than you thought possible? Was that the high? That's partially it. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a thing that happens similar to like dancing or ballet. When you yeah. hit the ball where you're supposed to on the golf club, yeah. you actually don't feel the ball hit the club because it's a, it's a sweet spot. It resonates yes. in a frequency that, that uh, it, it actually is pleasant in your bones. Ah. Yeah, and it, and it feels very, you feel very centered. And um, I mean, you know, it would be like, you know, when you hit a bat in a ball, yes, yes. baseball. yes. Um, yeah, and so that happened, and then I was immediately addicted. I can't do that either. What? No, yeah, you can. Hit a bat with a ball. <laughs> Hit a ball with a bat. See that? That's that's how bad I am. Yeah. I've been doing it backwards. <laughs> you tape the bat to the wall and throw the ball at it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, no, you know. My, you know, eating is my sport. Yeah, that's a good sport. I'm good at it. Yeah. <laughs> do you have to go to the gym with all this eating? Or yeah, you, you're very every fit. Day. Every, every day. day. Not, you do? not if I don't have a trainer. I try to see the trainer once or twice a week. But then I have a regimen that I do, cardio one day, weights another day, something, something every day. Have right. to, and I or also else. pick my spots. I'm not eating like crazy every day. Right, it, it, or else what? Or else you kind of just get what do you, you you turn into a to the job of the hut or what? Or you just sort of get listen. Depressed. I was a writer, right? So in the writer's room, you're in there all day and sometimes all night. The only sunshine coming in that room is the menu, <sighs> right? What are we going to order from? And that that becomes your salvation, your entertainment, your your only break. And and uh, I gained uh, thirty pounds. Whoa! Yeah, I was thirty pounds every year about twenty years ago. But you, but you, you, you made a lot of money. So that doesn't matter if you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the old stereotype, right? Nobody still wants to look at you. Hundreds uh, of years. What about ago. the expression "all you have is your health"? You I've, I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't walk up steps, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. If you're a millionaire. Is yeah. True? Right. You're well, fat you can, wub, but you can, you can get an elevator. Up the steps. <laughs> you get the elevator, escalator. You get a one-story house, <laughs> three-acre plot of land. No, you gotta have it all. You gotta have. You gotta have your health, and you gotta have the. the you gotta work hard, get the means to travel. And then, I, I did something like on the Amalfi Coast. There was this forty-five-minute step climb oh, yeah. up to what they call the Trail of the Gods. Okay, and I actually this was a couple of years ago. I did this on vacation. I did it myself, and I was so I just like. Thank my lucky stars that I still, that my legs still worked so that I could experience this, right? That my heart didn't give out halfway up the steps. Yeah. And then I, when I got to the top, it was so rewarding. That's why, you know, you don't just, you have to have a tiny bit of discipline. Yeah. Do you do it when you travel? Do you actually get the time to work out when you travel? I make time. You do? Even shooting the show, I make time. Wow. If I have a 7 a.m., call i'm up at 6 a.m and i do the workout are you really yes that that's impressive i, don't I know. know what that's like i feel i got to a point where if tell me if this is true for you we all have habits we're all we all have habits some are bad right most <laughs> some of them more than bad. others <laughs> some are worse than others right so my bad habit would be sitting and watching tv and eating an entire bag of potato chips very easy for me to do yeah i can do that Easy. Yeah. Easy for a lot could, of us. That, we could do that together. So what if you turn that bad habit into a good habit? In other words, just replace it. It had to be replaced with something okay. because we're habitual. We need that thing. So I've now reached the point where if I don't work out, I feel weird or bad or something's not right or my day is not complete. 
If I travel all day, let's say I could take a 7 a.m. flight to New York. The moment I land at the hotel in New York, I'm in the gym. Whoa. That moment, I said, I'm taking my own bags up. I can't even wait for you to bring me my bags. <laughs> I'm taking it myself because yeah. I, I have to hit the gym. Why? Because it's all planning the day. Yeah. So if I'm there at 4 and I'm going to eat dinner at 6.30, I got to get that workout in in between. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I want to shower. And so I want to have dinner. So to pay for that dinner, I got to do the workout. I admire you. That's See? that's impressive. I don't think that's that's yeah. I'm, Can you get a workout playing golf? Uh, well, you walk about five, six, seven miles. Not Trump. He's in the friggin' car. <laughs> yeah, not not some, not some. I don't take a cart, um, but no, it's not a tremendous workout. It, it's it's a long walk, but I prefer you know. But you have to have muscles to hit the ball, don't you? Uh, no, you need really flexibility. Not? Muscles support. The movement you need to make with your spine and stuff like that. Yeah. You'll, 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 some amount of weight training, resistance training is really good for your body. So, how do old, fat white guys, how are they, what do they got that <laughs> money? <laughs> what do they got? I mean, they don't have much. Hit I mean, the, ball. the golf swing ranges for everybody. I and mean, for some, yeah. you don't need a large mobility. You know, it's, there's a lot of guys who are very old who have really weird golf swings yeah. that still play very well. I mean, wow. a, you know, they say, you know, the best player from 100 yards and in is the best player. So a lot of times it's, it's not about hitting the ball 300 yards, it's about really delicate shots around the green uh, and uh, essentially being able to make up for mistakes from the fairway. Like pool. Yeah, yeah, it pulls like that, like billiards. That's what I'm thinking. Huh? Aiming, shooting, right, right, finesse. It's a more delicate game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like once the once the balls are on the table. Right. This sounds like we're talking about something else. Once <laughs> <laughs> your balls are on the table. That sounds like Hollywood negotiating. Please, you want to make sure nobody's laughing. Do you have a Do you have a negotiating tactic for the business of Hollywood? And to leave us with? Yes, I do. It's the best advice I ever got in my life about anything. You ready? Okay. It's from Ed Weinberger, who is a great old showrunner of the past. He's still with us, but he, you know, he he was a a showrunner on things like the Mary Tyler Moore show and Taxi, right? The Cosby show of the 80s. Can't say that name anymore. But he gave me this advice. Do the show you want to do, because in the end, they're going to cancel you anyway. That's, that's, really a, good. that's everything. That's a life lesson. Yeah. We all get canceled one day. Whoa, wait. I just so got it. Do the show you want to do. That makes sense. It doesn't mean don't listen to anybody. Don't, you know, say no to every note that you got. No, listen to the notes. Yeah. But when you're done getting that input, think about it and then do the show you want to do. Because, you know, when they cancel you, you can't say, but I took all your notes. You're canceled anyway. Yeah, it's too late. Yes. Wow. Thank you, Phil. You're welcome. Everyone check out Somebody Feed Phil. Yes. Follow him at Phil.Rosenthal. Phil.Rosenthal. Instagram, Phil Rosenthal, Twitter. Phil Rosenthal World coming to the web. Yeah, it'll be there. Um, Thanks for your time. I love this, Eric. It was good. I'll talk to you again anytime, even without a microphone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a great week. Thank you. Thank you.